Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Highfalutin Steve Bum Podcast, episode number 82. This is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up, dude? What's up? 82? That's a landmark right now. We're getting closer to 100. That's right. We are. Every, every time we creep closer, I'm liking it. True. One more step closer to number 100. I'm setting it up because 100 is going to be bigly. It's going to be huge. Huge. We're going to have a. Uh, we're trying to already figure out what we're going to do and exactly when it's going to hit. But it's probably going to be early in the summertime. It looks like at this point, assuming we create enough podcasts in the next few months. That's right. You know, I like using political terms, so I'm using bigly a lot. Sounds good to me. It's very bigly. It's going to be bigly. <laughs> So thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Check us out. All of our information, skibumpodcast.com. Or now, if you want to go to highfalutinskibums.com, that'll work as well. Boom! Why is that? We've got a couple new URLs. Oh, that's right. I mean, it all redirects to the same website, but there's a couple different ways to find us now, which is cool. Uh, If you could, please do go and rate us on uh, Stitcher or on iTunes. If you go to the website, skibumpodcast.com, we have instructions there if you need a little bit of help. I know, like, using iTunes, I needed help. I needed to actually, I created, like, step-by-step screenshots because it is just a little complicated unnecessarily. I know our users are looking at it, and they're just kind of waiting, just screwing with us. So it's kind of just just dive in and, and do the rating. Yeah, please do. And check us out on all of our social media, twitter.com slash podcast, facebook.com slash podcast, instagram.com slash podcast. On Pinterest, we are highfalutins. And we're on SoundCloud, too, but, again, I just keep forgetting to update it, so it's becoming kind of a joke at this time. Pinterest updated last week. Look at that. Boom. We're pinning. I'm pinning. We're pinning. I just think everywhere, highfalutinskeybums.com. That, that we got a Snapchat, too, but I don't think we actually use that because we're too old and can't figure out how to use it. You know what? I just We need an intern. If you want an intern, you can email us at skeybumpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, help us with our uh, our snap game because it's a little bit weak right now. We're just too spread out. We're like a, an octopus that's like we have eight arms and we have like ten things to manage. We're so. only two men at this point. I'm saying. You know? We're getting there. We need a team. We need a team that supports us, that, that is with us. That's true. So, yeah, skibonpodcast at gmail.com if you have any, uh, any teamwork-related entrepreneurial visions. Still waiting for that intern. Still waiting. Still waiting. We're almost there, though. So without further ado, the way we always get into things. Oh. Mm, it is the app parade today. Mm, that's nice. So, Mario, what are you partaking in this week? Oh, I'm partaking in a blast from the past that I love. Uh, it is a dogfish pumpkin. So it's been aged <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> in the it's back a, of your fridge? It's an aged Dogfish pumpkin, aged in my refrigerator. That's your beer cave? <laughs> my beer cave. And <laughs> it is delicious. It is like pumpkinness, but not too sweet, which I love about... This is what I loved about this vintage. So I'm going to save... I have another one that I'm saving for next year, which when we break out the pump... When we get into pumpkin season, it's going to be like last year's pumpkin and this year's pumpkin. Let's, let's compare. Because I actually... Dogfish 120... I had Dogfish 120 not too long ago. And they aged it for three years in the keg. Mm. So now it's a still keg. It's not like aging on oak or anything like that. But just the fact that it sat there, it actually changes the flavor of it. And it's pretty wild. Hmm. So this was an aged dogfish um, pumpkin <laughs> um, in a bottle and very delicious. Is there a pumpkin 120? 
There should be. There should be. You know what? Maybe we should mix Dogfish 120 and Pumpkin Dogfish and then just age it. Here's what I'm thinking. Take the Dogfish 120, age it in a pumpkin. Oh. Just get a pumpkin, hollow it out, pour the 120 in there. That should be illegal. And let that sit in like the beer cellar for that like should, a year. That should be illegal, man. That's it's too fucking, freaky deaky. All, how about if I take a, uh, a Dogfish 120 and a pumpkin that have been aged for like a year each and then pour them, do like a black and tan. Let's get a blender. Put them in a blender together. See what the hell happens. Get freaky. What MC, the hell? MCT oil in there. MCT oil? <laughs> a little butter? <laughs> a little butter. Why not? Grass-fed butter? Gra- grass-fed. Only grass-fed. If we're, we're going to get weird, let's get weird. Uh, bulletproof dogfish. All right. Fuck yeah. Bulletfish. Uh, that sounds awesome. All right, Brian, what are you doing? Well, I went back to uh, one of our classics, one of our favorites. It's the good old Alchemist Heady Topper. Oh, the Alchemist. The we Alchemist. still haven't been to the new brewery. We haven't been to the new brewery. When are we going to go? Uh, end of March. We got to field it. trip it. We got to field trip it. Sounds like a plan. End of March. Actually, probably more like mid to late April is probably the, be- the way to go because the snow is still too good right now and is going to be good for a little bit of time in the east thanks to to, uh, to Stella rolling in and just dumping a bunch of snow everywhere. I think it might be the weekend that we go back up to Jay. Just that's, saying. That's possible. We're everywhere. That's true. We're here. We're there. Everywhere. The problem is when you go there, you pretty much lose your entire morning. So you're not going to ski in the morning if you uh, have to get in line and wait for them to open their doors. So Spring ski. I like it. Hard yeah. freeze at night. Start thawing out. We're thawing out at Alchemist. That's true. That's not a bad move. So, yeah, a little bit later in April maybe. What do you do on the way home? Time. Mad taco. Oh, the <laughs> mad taco. Fucking love mad taco. God. Everything about that place is amazing. Dude, I had a taco truck this week. Kimchi. I had a taco truck. Pales in comparison. All I got to say, taco truck, I came home at 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty wild night. I got to yeah. say. It was good. I was smiling the whole way. There you go. Um, I got to say. Whew. Yeah. Let the cork out on that one. No mad taco. That's for sure. <laughs> mad taco's awesome. I got to see the changes that, that, that they've made. Yeah. So we have one beer story for the week. And this kind of harkens back to a story we had a couple weeks ago. Harkens. The good, wow. the good folks of BrewDog, who are the ones that, if you adopt a puppy, will give you one month of paternity leave. Uh, paternity, I love it. They are now on Indiegogo, and they are trying to raise money to start their own beer hotel and brewery. I thought you were say they're on Indiegogo, trying to raise money. To hire people because everybody is out on put there. Yeah. <laughs> everybody at the same time hired like be, adopted a dog. That doesn't seem like it'd be that far outside the realm of possibility. But we what's going on? people that work here. What's going on is that they are doing the world's first crowdfunded craft beer hotel. That's awesome. So this 50-room hotel, the doghouse, as they're calling it, will be attached to their upcoming brewery in Columbus, Ohio. Since the hotel's run by a beer company, it's got some crazy uh, beer-themed amenities. Dude, For instance, awesome. a tap in every room God featuring damn. Punk IPA, the brand's flagship brew, a beer-stocked mini bar in every shower, so oh. you never have to go a second without a beer in hand, That's access awesome. to limited-edition brews from the brewery next door, a spa that uses beer in its products and treatments, such as hop oils and malted barley massage, mm craft beer pairings during breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast breakfast pairing is great. And then in the luxury suite, a hot tub filled with IPA. Boom. 
How glorious is that? IPA on the inside, it's IPA on the outside. It's a beautiful thing. You can pee in the IPA now. Boom. Add the pee in the IPA. <laughs> you can pee in the hot tub of IPA. All right, so um, beer in the shower. What's your comments? I got a lot of comments on this. I have a few people that I know that I've uh, solicited comments on. Uh, you know, I respect the novelty, but uh, I think... Vacation. You're on vacation. Beer in the shower? I'll partake. That's nice, right? I'm not proud of it. So our buddy Harry, <laughs> he's oh, beer. Jesus, he's beer in the morning. So our buddy Harry, he is. Uh, I gotta say, very responsible guy. But when it comes to going on a ski trip, he is like, if it's a three day thing, it's it's not a weekend. It's a vacation to him. He goes all out. He wakes up, beer in hand. Shower, beer in hand. <laughs> he is the kind of guy who just grabs life by the horns. Oh yeah, and then like. During the way, I, I bike ride with him. We go fifty miles, and he's just like he's a an Iron Man. I'm like, what the fuck does this guy do? But hardcore. He, he's like yin and yang. He's just all yin or all yang. <laughs> he's just no in between. Is that because he's Asian? Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's some racist what? shit right there. Well, I, I, got, I am not going to partake in that. <laughs> well, I got to get over. Why is he got to be? Can't be black and tan. What? Okay, black and tan. There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. Oh Not boy. even to go there. It's spiraling off the rails already. But anyway, so if you're if you're in the shower, like it is good. Like I won't do it anytime other than vacation now because it could get out of hand. Really? Not doing it on like a Monday morning? Whew, a beers little, on a Monday morning. It's a little rough. But if you're on vacation, have a little beer in the shower. That's actually pretty nice. Shower beer. What's the ideal beer to have in the shower? Um, I'm I'm thinking for a light one. I'm not thinking anything heavy. I'm not thinking like a Guinness. I'm thinking Maybe Stella, just a, a light, you know, crisp, some crisp. Mm-hmm. Get you showered up, feel nice. I think a cider would be nice in the, in the cider, shower. A light cider, like would a be citizen great. cider. Oh yeah, that'd be real good in the shower. That would be good. Yeah, I'm thinking citizen cider would be. That could work. You know what? If anybody has any ideas for shower beers, please send them to us because I want to know what your favorite shower beer is. <laughs> and if you haven't thought of a shower beer, think of the shower beer. And you know what? Guys, girls, I want to know the difference between guys and girls. Like, because I've solicited a bunch of girls and I've heard wine shower, which I'm like, ah, it's too much with the glass and all. And they're like, no, you put in a plastic thing. I'm like, I can't drink wine out of a plastic thing. So I feel like my palate would be ruined with all the smells of the shampoos and the body washes that I couldn't appreciate the wine as much. Exactly. You know? Champagne in the shower, maybe. Champower. I could, anything bubbly, I could, I could do in the shower, maybe. Yeah. It's kind of like bubbles, like a bubble bath, but like you're showering. So it's like a shower bubble shower. And you're drinking it. And you're drinking as it. As opposed to just being... You enjoy the bubbles, and now it's, it goes it. away. Like, I like the fact that you're drinking the bubbles. Just saying. Well, I think it's just a testament to how wonderful, how great America has been made again, that this is now on the table. First world problem. drinking the shower. First world problem. Skibumpodcast.com. That's how we do it. At gmail.com. Yes. Just, just email us. <laughs> email us with your... With your shower beers. Yeah, let us know what's up. I like shower beers. Just mm. saying. Now into our next segment. Oh. Uh, what, what's that sound? I believe that's the... Uh, is that the gondola that coming That is up? the gondola coming up. Watch out. It's coming. It's coming for you. And we've got Frank's Bean of the Week. All right. So what do we got, Mario? So this week we have a... Um, Pretty. Let me let me let me get my bearings here. So this week we have Jack the Ripper. Now Jack the Ripper. Jack Tripper. 
Jack Tripper. <laughs> we have a little Jack Tripper uh, from the um, Three's Company, if anybody's uh, familiar with that. Wait, I got to get the... Yeah, it's playing now. Here we go, man. So we have a little Jack Tripper, man. So Jack Tripper. Uh, Jack Tripper, or JTR, is a flagship hybrid from TGA Genetics. It was created by the breeder uh, Subcool in an attempt to make his fam- famous Jack's Cleaner in seed form. Described by many as the fastest lemon haze available to date, it was created by crossing Jack's Cleaner with the vigorous Space Queen, male, known as Space Dude. Uh, featuring incredibly resinous, triangle-shaped buds and intense spicy lemon prime aroma, Jack Tripper, or Jack Ripper, the Ripper, as we like to call it, is relatively short, 70% sativa-dominant strain that usually tests over 20% THC. That's going to get you fucking cranked up. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Um, The effect is intensive, visually stimulating, and can sometimes leave novice consumers disoriented and paranoid. (laughs) All right. So basically, what I'm going to break down from this is this will fuck you up. <laughs> that pretty much, yeah, that, that, the long and the short of it Holy is... Uh, it's it gonna, started out pretty nice. Yeah. I was like, this will crunk you up. Yeah. So it's good for stress, pain, and depression. Well, if you want to be paranoid as fuck, it's Yeah. Great. Well, you should be a little paranoid. The world's a scary place. You should be paranoid that you're not so stressed and fucked up. Think about That's it. what I'm saying. You should be. and You know, you live it's, in- it's a lesson to you. Yeah, you worried that, that you worried about a time when there was no shower beers to be had. You know, you should be freaked out a bit. Super volcano keeps you honest. That's what should worry. Life is every every moment, every breath. That's one less sand grain in the old uh, egg timer there for you. That's exactly so, why you shouldn't be stressed. Make it count. So the fact that you're paranoid means that you're stressing too much about shit that you shouldn't stress about. Don't stress, man. We're, hey, we're just here to help. Just saying. That's true. So that's uh that's that's the word from the Gonjo. Thanks, Frank, for sharing yeah, that. Thanks, Frank. Uh so this was a pretty cool story that I saw on Fast Company. Ooh. And this is a juice company that is actually just a clever weed company. Like it is juice, huh? I get you more juice. Massachusetts, they uh, they legalized cannabis this past November and it's selling it is still illegal, but it's uh, legal to possess it as of I think it was December 16th or 18th. I think it's 16th. And so what the, this one company that is called High Speed has done is they're a juice company that delivers local bottles of juice priced at $55 a bottle. Awesome. And you may be thinking, why am I paying $55 for a glass of juice? Well, here's a twist. I love, I love juice. It comes with a free gift, marijuana. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. So when you order it, um, you go to their website and... So you can't sell marijuana, but if marijuana comes with something, then that's worth it. Exactly. They found a loophole in the system. I love it. So right now you go to the website and the juice is all sold out, but you can <laughs> opt for something like a sweatshirt. Sweatshirt, too. That, that so works. a sweatshirt is 30 bucks, but you can order it with love for $81 and with lots of love for $176. So... Antiliana's cake balls, you mm-hmm. can sell cake balls with something else. And then later on, you're going to eat the cake balls. That's what I'm saying. That's how they're doing it right now. You got to serve it with something edible. Yeah. Boom. Sweatshirt, I can't eat. But tacos, you send tacos. Who is sending tacos? I don't know. 
you're buying, you're buying tacos. Mm-hmm. You're getting the other stuff for free. Yeah. Just saying. That's their system they're having right now. Uh, they said the CEO of the company says they haven't had any troubles aside from a few questions from the health department uh, who thought our juices weren't pasteurized correctly. Ooh. But that wasn't the case. But, of course, the police aren't quite sure about this. They're saying that distributing marijuana without a license is unlawful. Uh, doing so could subject businesses to fines and expose their employees to the risk of arrest or potentially a personal safety issue such as robbery. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But as of right now, it's uh, they're still up and running. So if you're in Massachusetts, I think particularly the Boston area, you can go and order up some juice or a sweatshirt and get a free gift of a little marijuana. I like it. Pretty cool and clever. You I know, like that. That juice could be tap water for all I care. Just deliver it and, hey, what's up? Yeah. You drink it, be like hydrated. You yep. Know? All right. So next up we have uh, near legal weed in the Middle East. So everybody wants peace in the Middle East. Let's have peace over blunt. So mm. uh, basically what Israeli parliament did uh, two Sundays ago, uh, smoking marijuana is no longer a cl- criminal offense in Israel unless you're re unless you reoffend four times. So if they catch you, I guess they keep track of it. Um they probably fine you, but not really illegal. So I like the fact that, you know, other countries are doing this. They're decriminalizing, they're kind of embracing what's inevitable to happen. Um and they're saying, you know, it's an important step on the way to implement a new policy and em- emphasize public information and treatment instead of criminal enforcement. So they're looking at it as like, let's embrace it rather than just like, you know, bash people down. So uh, Israel's been pretty progressive on marijuana for a while. And um, they're one of the best countries uh, that's conducting research on pot. So here's the thing. Like, you know, in this country, it's criminalized. You can't run um, research on it. The big thing is, why, why wouldn't you want to research it? So we're stopping it here because I think there's a lot of... Um, Lobbying going on, a lot of reasons why, you know, people want to stop it, but they're embracing it, and I would imagine they're going to be pretty uh, pretty progressive when it comes to having the intel on what marijuana can do and, and can't, you know. There's a lot of lobbyists in the pharmaceuticals, the prison guard unions, alcohol, tobacco, police, who yeah. are afraid that they are going to lose money and lose jobs and lose income when people... <coughs> start you know start consuming cannabis and being like wow i actually feel a lot better and don't need these five prescriptions that i'm on and don't need um to to smoke or you know all the other and then because of that people aren't being locked up so the prison guards and the police are like well i guess we can we can cut the uh, police force and close these bullshit private prisons and they're concerned about you know losing people in their unions and making less money yeah so there's a lot of reasons why it's kept illegal, but I think, you know, we're all starting to, I think a lot of people are starting to see the writing on the wall. Unfortunately, the people who aren't seeing it are people like Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who, this yeah. is, I picture him in like 1950 <laughs> in, you know, that diverse, thoughtful, progressive state of Alabama, where he's probably like a freshman in high school and sees Sally May and he wants to ask her to but the sock smoking hop. camels is cool. That's totally fine. That's fine. Yeah, you can you can hang slaves. That's fine too. Burn That's a right. cross. That's totally cool. That's cool. 
Um, I picture him just like being Papat, like, Oh my God, that's Reefer like, Madness. He's a little 14 year old boy. He wants to ask Sally May to the sock hop, and he sees Sally May go, No, thank you, Jeff. I already have a date with Tyrone. Yeah. And Tyrone is just hanging out and smoking weed and having a great time, making Sally May super happy. And from that day forward, his entire mission in life, everything he ever wanted to do, was to ban and keep pot illegal and put blacks in jail. He's just waiting to get knocked out by Conor McGregor. Just goddamn fucking roundhouse. I don't even know how you got to that tangent. Just saying. I would love to see that. I was picturing it in my mind. That would be nice to see. So they're saying, you know... You'll do nothing. (laughs) You'll do nothing. So they're saying, uh, unfortunately, they're saying, like, under Trump and uh, Sean Spicer, they're saying at a press briefing in February, they said the federal government will push for enforcement of federal laws, which is kind of bullshit because um, I think... So the way it works usually with most laws is if a state passes a law, the federal government bows down to the state and lets them make law for their state, Mm -hmm. though they have state sovereignty. When it comes to marijuana, the DAs come in, swooped in like fucking stormtroopers and like shut shit down, and then everything reopens up again. But now you have federal um, charges against you, and then you don't have any state charges, but you open up back again after a lot of money, and it's just a lot of ridiculous bullshit. Like, it's just... Unnecessary. It's just yeah. like it's like clown college, really. Like we have to go through this process. So, you know, if the state says it's okay, usually with most laws, the federal government backs off and says it's okay because the state says it's okay. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to marijuana, they're not doing that. So now by them coming out and saying, "Well, we're going to force federal law," well, we're not a federal state. We're not a police state. So, yeah. and Republicans know. are known for less government. They right. One of their their core foundations is to let the states kind of govern themselves. So they're so, caught in a conundrum right now. Like, what are they going to do? They're being very hypocritical. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I mean, they Spice, haven't made a move on this yet. They've talked a lot of stuff, but they haven't moved on anything. Well, and you can tell. And the speculation right now is, like, what's going to happen? Spicer likes to make a lot of big noise and act like a big man. But, I mean, I don't Everybody know if what he's really game. saying yeah. is going to amount to anything at all. Even Trump. They talk a big game. But, they talk a big game. Yeah. But I know a, uh, several governors of states that have legalized it. Republican governors are speaking to the president and like they're telling him, hey, we're going to lose billions yeah, of dollars exactly if it. you guys enforce this. Like, dude, we are going a shitload of money. Yeah, our states can't afford this anymore. We've already set this up. Yeah. And, you know, and I, saw, I heard a really cool term. Do that, you want to have all these states go bankrupt under your regime? Yeah. No, nobody wants happen. that. And I heard someone call, you know, call uh, describing states as 50 little Petri dishes, all kind of trying their own things. Yeah. And, you know, Colorado was was extremely bold in legalizing it a few years back. And the state has not fallen apart. As much as Jeff Sessions says that, oh, it leads to violence and it's, it's a gateway drug. It's, it's all bullshit. All, it's it's reefer madness your, bullshit. That you're you, going to have your little pockets of bullshit go on, but... Yeah. Yeah. The, the ones making money are the cartels who are keeping it illegal. Yeah. I mean, Colorado has been an amazingly successful experiment. The funniest thing is the biggest influx of... Um, Lobby money is probably coming from the cartels from Mexico <laughs> saying, let's keep weed, weed illegal. It's quite possible. Like, if you think about it's it, it's pretty messed gross, up. yeah. I don't know. Usually, uh, California's been the Petri dish that everybody's like, you know, the, the, bell, the bellwether um, Petri dish of, you know, what's going to kind of possibly change in the future because mm-hmm. they've always been a little crazy. But, hey, Colorado being to the punch, they're like, yeah, we're going to do it. 
fuck you guys. You can talk about it all you want. We'd do it. Yeah, they did it, and they've been extremely successful. There hasn't been an increase in violence. There's been less DUIs. And now California's followed. I'm saying. California, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, yeah. Maine, Massachusetts. Maryland? I'm forgetting. Nevada. Uh, D.C. Yeah. D.C. D.C. That's all of them, yeah. So you're, you're, so all the, the people making law in this country are in a state or territory, whatever D.C. is, right? District. Yeah. That is, uh, weed is legal. So, hmm, why is that not good for the rest of the country? I'm just saying. Yeah, it's it's all just, it's <clears> so <throat> insane. Like it really, it really is just. It's kind of like healthcare. Let's works. let's give you the healthcare, but we're not going to take it. We'll give you the healthcare. Yeah. We're, we're that's not for us. That's for you guys. So, yeah. I don't know. Got a lot of. Anyway, I don't want to get off track. Yeah, I saw another article that uh, we will post as well that from Leafly saying that this Israel uh, Israel decriminalization law isn't really all that and you know people can still land in jail and police can search your house if they suspect you are smoking a joint so so you get like people knocking you out like oh man i think i saw that dude smoke some weed it's possible so it's not it's not as great as it may sound on the surface but i think they're still drafting the law so that it's possible to change it uh, for the next couple months before it officially becomes a law. So they're nice. moving in the right direction, at least. I like the fact that people talk about it. And if any area in the world needs cannabis, it's the freaking Middle East, you know, considering all the uh, the strife and wars and conflicts that have been going on over there. I didn't even think cannabis would be in the conversation. I thought they had, like, I don't know, hashish, like, fucking other stuff that was... Opium. Legal. Yeah, <laughs> opium. Opium dens. Yeah. Like, that's I don't know. I'm ignorant, so... Yeah, yeah, as you can tell, we're both kind of ignorant on this, but... Yeah. Yeah, so good luck to Israel. They need uh, they need all the help they can get over there, and I think this is a step in the right direction. Peace in the Middle East. Peace in the Middle East. Just saying. <laughs> Following that, we got a lot of stuff to talk about in oh, terms of weather. Do we ever. Julian's pout look. That's Julian's pout look. Um, there is no pout look this week. Julian hey. is on spring break. Julian's on spring break, so let's talk about spring break. So you're on spring break. You're hanging out. You're chilling out. You don't give a fuck about what's falling. All I know is out west is, is getting a little warm spell. Out east here, what do we have this week? All right. We're ski news in it. We're going into ski news. No, All right. Ski news is on spring break, too. Huh. How dare you? Ski, ski <laughs> news is never on spring break. So first off, the east, we have finally gotten some real snow. A humdinger of a storm has just passed through the uh, last two days, actually. We're yeah. recording this on Wednesday, and it hit on Tuesday, and it's still hitting in parts now. East Coast, particularly New York State, Vermont, into New Hampshire and Maine, and even parts of Massachusetts. We're talking two to three, almost, dare I say, four feet of snow? We'll That's stick with three feet. Three feet. We'll say, we'll say under three feet. As of this morning... J Peak had 35 inches. Smuggler's Notch, 30 to 36. Macaulay Mountain in New York, 36 inches. I don't know where that is, but it sounds awesome. I don't even know. <laughs> Elk Mountain in Pennsylvania, the Poconos, 30 inches of snow. Wyndham in New what York. What I love about inches. Macaulay Mountain is 36 inches, surface, machine crew. <laughs> I don't even understand don't even what that know. even means. Yeah, machine crew with three feet of snow. Crazy. <laughs> Killington's got 26 inches of snow and counting. And I was up there last weekend, and they were still blowing snow in the second weekend in March. So 
it's a it's a winter wonderland all over the east coast now so what was looking like you know it was a, a good winter but it wasn't great has now turned into a pretty epic uh make it rain epic end of the season that's going to really extend the season considerably I was looking at the weather forecast over the next week, week and a half, and it's going to stay cold, very cold, for the next at least 10 days. That's awesome. So, yeah, all over the East Coast, get out there and get your skiing in because you have been giving a blessing for March. A blessing. Blessing. I like it. Blessing. The blessing. All right, so we got 50 Years of World Cup is being celebrated tonight. So... Wednesday, Actually, tonight, this today, Wednesday. it already happened. Probably this tonight. Um, yeah, it probably already happened because it was. Uh, where the hell was this? Aspen. Oh, they're behind us, so it's probably happening as we speak. Could be happening now. Yeah. So when the who's who gathers, uh, they're going to celebrate the 50 years of great FIS Alpine racing. So it's going to be kind of nice. It's going to be a uh, a whole big event. Um, they're going to have a multimedia bash, twenty five dollars a ticket. 450 seats. Um, so, you know, they're they're surprised that they're putting a party on their 50th anniversary of the World Cup. Um, but it's uh, pretty interesting to see. Yeah, they started the competition earlier this week, but this is the last event on the FIS Skiing World Cup Tour uh, for the season. So this is the last, last chance for all these uh, skiers to um, make a run at the title. Yeah, so they're actually going to say, like, they're going to honor, like, um, you know, some of the very famous people, uh, Franz Klammer, Billy Kidd, um, Nancy Green, Rain. Uh, so they're going to honor, uh, honor a lot of the big racing people. So it'll be kind of cool. Yeah, there's another cool article in uh, 5280, which is Denver's Mile High magazine. And they were talking to several of the skiers and asking them what it's like. Uh, to ski on that run, you know, some skiers present day and some former ones. And oh, this is an Aspen. This is an Aspen, nice. yeah. And it was cool. Like I was hoping they would actually have like the view, like a video view of it. That would have been pretty neat. But they were just talking about, um, you know, the actual length of the run. So I guess the downhill run is twenty three hundred and three feet. Uh, one point. Oh, it descends twenty three hundred feet. In 1.67 miles, and racers typically cover it in less than a minute and 45 seconds. That is absolutely nuts. It is crazy speed, yeah. That's just throwing yourself down the mountain. Pretty much. uh, You know, they say it's one of North America's most classic runs. Wow. Yeah. So it's going to be cool to see the way everything pans out tonight and see how how Lindsay and Michaela can end up for the season. Cool. With this race. Very nice. All right. Here's a crazy little story out of our one of our favorite places, Jackson Hole. Jackson Hole ski instructor impales face on branch. Holy shit. I could see Did you exactly. see the picture? I, I don't even want to look at the picture, dude. Oh, it's pretty rough, I man. actually glanced at it, and I glanced away. I was like, I can't, I can't look full on at it. Yeah. It fucking freaks me out. Because yeah. you know what? It seems very possible. Yeah. Every um, run. <laughs> Every run through the trees, it feels just like that's going to happen. Yes, yeah, so uh, now this yeah, this is the perfect name for a guy who got a tree branch stuck in his face. <laughs> Natty Hagood. Uh, ski instructor at Jackson Hole Mountain Resort in Wyoming impaled his face on a branch while trying to jump between two trees. Wow. 
Yeah, when he laughs, he has to hold the left side of his face oh, down at this weird angle that makes me look like the crotchety old man. Oh, <laughs> and I drool goodness. more than I used to. Wow. So it's a picture of like a stick, pretty much. So you remember that time I was jumping between mouth. from tree to tree and I just caught my my cheek on a branch? Yeah. It's fucked up. The article is very... Uh, it's It's interesting. So one of his quotes is, He's being the individual that I am, be it my sense of right or wrong, my size or my huge holistic background, I wasn't afraid to step <coughs> in and put the kibosh on violence. So what had happened was there was a verbal altercation in the terrain park before. Whoa, whoa. That escalated into a fight at the bottom of the mountain near the Casper lift line. That escalated quickly. So he, you know, Hoggard, he saw a disorderly snowboarder punching a fellow skier who whoa. called out for ski patrol. So he jumped in. Cool. Um, and he's lived at Jackson Hole the last three years. He goes, he's the guy in the Jackson Hole jacket and the pink hat saying violence is not the answer, man. That's right, man. So on the day of his injury, he was boarding with his roommate, Pete, and another woman from out of town who they were showing around the mountain. He was coming down Thunder, and it was their first run of the day. He had made the first five turns and was coming back to the lift line when he saw a gap between two trees. From his experience, you can go through those trees, and it's not a big deal. But this time, it didn't get through all the way. Thanks, so he collided through the trees, knocked himself off balance, and then he tumbled through the snow. Thank you, Mother Nature. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and then his quote. So when he, when he found out and kind of came to and saw what happened, he goes, holy crap, I just got impaled. And then I yelled to Pete, hey, look, I got a new piercing. Yeah, nice. What it was was an 18-inch long timber branch gouged through one side of his lip and sticking out the other. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, when he's talking about holding up his lip and everything, like, just fucking duct tape it, man. How <laughs> much duct tape uh, on a ski trip? Everybody's got, like, every other person's got, like, a roll of duct tape. I mean, you can probably, you know, duct tape your face. Yeah, you right. Could. Yeah, he needed 15 stitches on his face. Uh, a hospital bill of close to fifteen hundred bucks. So Damn. now he's got a GoFundMe page, and uh, he's he's already raised about eleven hundred bucks. So he's doing all right. Nice. He's gonna pay that off. Yeah, he's drinking beer through a straw now, and he's uh, making the best of it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Pretty wild. Crazy, right? Just be careful with those trees, man. That's crazy. And if you have health insurance, that's a big positive too. Yeah. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, thanks, Obama. <laughs> All right, so next, uh, no casualties, but slopes close after avalanche hits uh, Tynes. Is it Tynes? Tignes? It's Tynes. Probably Teen. Teens? Teens? Yeah. So um, any, if anybody knows uh, Teens, they got a an avalanche, uh, was it two weeks ago now? Um, and it actually... About a week ago, yeah. About a week ago. And it hit a blue run. So I remember looking it up, and it was just like, I was like, okay, is this extreme area? Like, No, this is a freaking blue. People are just barely, like, learning how to ski, and they're on blue run, and they're just like, all of a sudden a fucking avalanche comes. Luckily, nobody was was hurt, but um, they're saying, you know, um, afterwards, the, you know, the aftermath is that um, after the avalanche came, uh, they closed a bunch of runs, and uh, they're, you know, they said everything's been a little bit crowded due to um, limited terrain for skiers at the time of the avalanche. So they're saying uh, people were caught in the avalanche, but, um, you know, nobody was hurt. So 
it's just pretty interesting to see like the aftermath of this. That you know they're being very cautious, which is good, um, and they're saying avalanche uh, conditions are very high right now. So pretty wild. Yeah. So so that was a an avalanche story that had a happy ending. So there's another avalanche story that just happened recently. Uh, there was a avalanche in uh, Tyrol, Austria. And I'm trying to find the exact link because I have the wrong one. Tyrol. So this happened in uh, Jochlubenkopf in western Austria. Jochlubenkopf. This this happened at 12.30 local time. And they said the bodies of four ski tours have been recovered after an avalanche on Wednesday. Wow. And there's an investigation on the way. They believe that all of them are Swiss, but they cannot confirm it at this point. It's still too early. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so this is about, they say it's about two hours east of Ischgl. Oh, wow. Yeah, I looked it up before. Um, it's in, And it's uh, southeast of Innsbruck. Wait, so what's the, the name of the town? Uh <laughs> It's two different. Uh, it's going to sound like here. Jochgrubenkopf. Wow. So yeah. Ischgl. <laughs> yeah, it's two hours east of Ischgl. Uh, wow. The search operation involved mountain guides, Alpine police, and helicopters. That's and pretty crazy, was, man. Uh, they say yeah, the tons of snow came down an extremely steep area, <clears throat> and these skiers were unfortunately. In a, the wrong spot at the wrong time. Yeah, there's been a lot of weird stuff. With so, I thought, um, I guess the French Alps were were had a slow start to the season, but I think they picked up and they oh, had yeah. a ton mm-hmm. of snow. And now they're having like avalanche, like dangers and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, they're saying that the avalanche was triggered by a small amount of fresh snow that had fallen on top of several unstable layers of old snow. Oh wow. And then warm temperatures may have played a part too, heating things up and making it a little more susceptible and getting people in trouble. And they're saying that 14 people have died in avalanche accidents in Austria this winter. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Oof. Bad news. That is not fun. Yeah. So be careful out there, people. We say it all the time. Make sure you have your gear. Make sure you know how to use it. Make sure you know what you're doing, um, yeah. Because it is it is very dangerous out there, always. It's crazy. So <clears throat> I heard, um, you know, in the last few weeks I've heard of a lot of high wind stories about like places here on the east coast, but in northern Italy, oh, there's 75 mile an hour winds strand 130 skiers on a chairlift. So I guess the winds really picked up 75 miles an hour. And um, they had to stop the lifts because of high wind. So 130 people were stranded on that lift. Um, Did you watch the video? Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, this was posted on uh, on TGR's site. And, you know, the video's on YouTube. So nobody was hurt, but they were, like, really freaking cold. Oh, my God. They're watching. They're showing. So, you know, you have the one side of the lift where all the people are on. And the other side is the, the chairs heading back down. And these chairs are just whipping up i mean they're almost horizontal i would have almost thought they were gonna fly off it's crazy how much they were flying around 
Yeah, hopefully nobody, you know, they, they make the comment in the article that hopefully nobody was riding solo on that lift because, <laughs> I mean, you were hoping to have as much weight as possible to keep you from flying over. Well, they're, they're showing it, and it's right next to a group that's sitting on a chair. Mm-hmm. And the one chair on the other side is, like, swinging so bad, it's almost hitting them. It's, like, kind of... It's almost horizontal. It's got, it gets so oh, it's crazy. far off. Yeah. So, mm. pretty nasty. I actually heard of, uh, on the East Coast, um, a lot of high wind, like, reports last week. Yeah. You had high wind at uh, Killington last week, right? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I heard Mount Snow was horrible. We talk about that more on the, uh, when we get to the main topic. I heard Mount Snow was pretty horrible. My therapist was like, she was like, yeah, we were at Mount Snow. It was, it was pretty horrible. I remember the one day we were at um, Mount Snow. Horrible freezing day. That mm-hmm. was kind of, but yeah, it was kind of like that. Yep. Nasty. Mm-hmm. Very nasty. All right, so that wraps up Ski News for the week. And now we'll get into the main topic. That's the main topic music for you. That is. So, so what are we you. talking about today? Well, why don't you get into it? Because uh, this is playing into your trip that you're going on. All right. So we're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about frostbite and we're going <laughs> to talk about veil. Yes. So we're combining it. So yes. we're talking uh, frosty veil. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, why don't we start with the... Uh, Let's talk about frostbite. Do you want to talk about frostbite <clears throat> first? It's it's fascinating me after we talked about it before the show. Let's talk I about it first. I can't think about anything else other than frostbite right now. So Brian learned the hard way this week that frostbite is real. Yeah, it's bad, too. I thought it was just like something that happened only to, to pussies. <laughs> People or who, if you're stuck out in the wilderness for like, like two days, right? If you're Mount Everest and you're you know, you know stuck up there and you become one of those like frozen mummies yeah. that live up there. But no. Frostbite can happen to anybody. All right, so... Brian, how do you know this? How do you know this, Brian? So I was up at Killington this week, uh, and I was skiing by myself on this past Saturday. And when I got on the mountain, at the base, it was minus 5 degrees. All right, so it was warm. Toasty. Balmy, if you will. That's Fahrenheit, not Celsius. Yeah, exactly. So I will give you the exact way my day started. So I took the snowshed lift up. And what I usually do is I don't tighten my boots like it's the top of the mountain. So I got to the top of the mountain, and I had a Camelback on. I had two water bottles. I thought both those water bottles were closed. As nice. I got off, so I got off the lift, went off to the side, and Boom. I went to go buckle my boots to get to the ski down to get to the next lift to go up. What happened then was that the bottle that I thought was closed actually poured all over oh, me. That's nice. And instantly froze. I mean on my jacket and on my pants, it was instant ice. Dude, that's awesome. That's like um No, it wasn't nice. all, it was the opposite of nice. So then That's refreshing. I had to take off my gloves to to fiddle with everything and within probably ten to fifteen seconds my fingers were already numb. Wow. It's like white walker cold. It was it, that's exactly how cold it was. Nice. So I pretty much had to just ski down and go inside. Was there a white up. Was there a white worker skiing or boarding? At least there had one. To be. There At had least to be. one. Yeah. So I had to I had to go inside right away. Damn. Just doing one one run because it was just that cold. I had to get my glove liners on, redo everything. It was just that unbearably cold. All right. So your feet didn't freeze then. You didn't get frostbite. No, I you made just sure. Cold. I went out. So I got everything warmed up, went back out, was doing all right, was trying to use the gondola once in a while to warm things up. 
Uh, we take a break every, I don't know, hour and a half or so. Wow. All right. Um, but by the end, so right around like two o'clock, I was starting to get into a real good groove. Uh, the snow was beautiful. It was nice and cold. Taking lifts up and down, up and down. Feet are starting to get a little bit cold and a little numb, but that, that tends to happen. Boots are still relatively new. Sure. That, that's been happening with them uh, since I've had them in December. So last run, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Toes are feeling a little numb. Ski down, get on the bus, go back to the condo, take off my boots. I'm like, wow, my toes are really, really cold. I really starting to wow. can't really feel too much. So I went, put them by the fire, tried to warm them up. Went down to the hot tub, was in there for like a half an hour to get them warmed up. I'm like, right. wow, my toes are still kind of numb. Really? Yeah, they were turning a little a little like dark blue, a little reddish. Nice. And they were uh, still feeling numb. Damn. So the next day I woke up, I'm like, wow, they're still feeling a little numb. Hmm. Uh, and the skin like got a little bit hard, hard and uh, smooth. I'm like, wow, this is... This must be what frostbite is. So, wow, of course, first thing Sunday morning, I go on WebMD. Worst thing you could ever oh, do. That's the worst thing, dude. I'm like, oh, my God. I got to get my feet amputated. Like, this is really bad. Dude, they probably told you you had cancer, right? That's that, the first that too, thing. Yeah. It's always cancer, AIDS, and then everything You're else. you lose your foot and all that. <laughs> um, but one, th- <laughs> one of the good uh, tips that it had was to hydrate. So I made sure I drank a ton of water that day. Nice. They said uh, for... Um, to keep your blood thin, uh, I got some aspirin, like bare aspirin. Nice. That thins your blood out. So that helped get blood back into it. Um, at this point now, I've been soaking them in Epsom salts every night, like water, hot water and Epsom salts. Damn. Trying to get the swelling down. And now it's just, uh, they've blistered. Uh, the tops. They're just toes, right? Just, just cut them off. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my big toe on each of my feet. I have like a um, a deli slicer if you want to just slice off the tops of your toes. It's not a bad move. It'll I think work. just more of a belt sander and just kind of sand them down. Sand it. That could be the way to go. Yeah, but the slicing would really cut it clean. Just saying. I want to just, I want to quarter. I'll let you bar it. I don't quarterize it almost, yeah. You quarterize it. Yeah, so. Uh, you should do a branding iron, just fucking right on there. It's be great. A, yeah. So, yeah. So, frostbite is real. So, one of the things it talks about is when you, when it is that cold, what you need to do is you need to warm up, but to the point where you got to get yourself out of your boots and get your stuff. Get your, maybe even bring an extra pair of socks and put yeah. new socks on because you don't want the the wetness, the moisture in there. Did you have, uh, like, did the water get into your boots? Well, one thing I can't do is because of how tight my boots are, I can't even, I don't even bottle, uh, buckle the bottom two buckles. Wow. So snow may have uh, snuck in that way. Huh. That's possible. No, that couldn't sneak in the bottom. I mean, sometimes it does. You'd have they to go won't... over the top. Eh, it can wedge in there, though, because, you know, when you have the two pieces of the boot and the snow gets on there and then you go in and take a break, the water can seep in. Were you in, like, a foot of powder? Well, there were parts on uh, on Superstar where they were blowing snow that I was making sure I was going into. So I was skiing underneath all the snow blowing out. Maybe, but... So it is possible. Wow. Yeah. Huh. So now I've got, like I said, on my big toes, I have a little bit of a, a blister on one and a blood blister on the other in the front of the toe. You could be like Mr. Deeds where he's like, God, hit my foot. It doesn't, doesn't hurt. It's quite possible. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of nerve damage. Uh, I don't even know. But, wow. you know, I'm, it's, I can walk around fine. Uh, I'm getting the feeling back in them. So hopefully nothing has to get amputated. 
at this point. Ah, uh, you'd be um, good. Should be good. Again, it wasn't like the whole thing. It was just like a, it was a little bit of you know stuff didn't turn black. You're good. Nothing's turned black. It's red. Uh, like I said, trying to soak it and more reason to get the boot warmers. Just saying. Yeah, I might have to get the boot warmers. So yeah, frostbite is a real thing. So you got to be careful out there. If it is that cold, you got to go in and warm up. I've yeah. been to the point where I'm like, you know, you're hanging out with a bunch of people and you don't want to say anything. And I'm like, no, fuck it. I got to go in. I'm done. I got to go warm up a little bit. Take like 10, 15 minutes. I tell you, you warm up a little and then you're, you're back out. Yeah, the thing was the snow was so good. I just wanted to stay out there and, and keep yeah, and keep skiing. But, you know, you got to live to ski another day. That's, that's the moral of the story. Boom. That's what I'm saying. Live to ski another day. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And I showed you what they look like. It's kind of it's kind of gnarly. Looks pretty, almost like they were burned. Looks you pretty know, like, cool. Yeah. It's Did you put like, your feet in the fire? Because maybe that's what happened. I got them pretty close, yeah. It's the same. Maybe, maybe you put them right on the window. Since they were numb, like you cooking. just jam them in there and it cooks them, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Melt the sock onto but, it. Mm, somebody making, yeah. <laughs> making ribs. Yeah. <laughs> Smells like catfish. Smells <laughs> like catfish. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend you don't do that, uh, but... You know, it's it's one of those things. Again, you it, you don't really think about it too much till it happens to you. But that's yeah. and that's unfortunately how we learn a lot of times. But if you can learn anything, learn from me that if you do, if you are in that cold of weather, get inside every little bit and uh, make sure you warm up sufficiently. Don't you wreck yourself. Bring a few extra pairs of socks. You know, change them out after you go in and um, warm up and get back out there and well, it's like a freeze again. Frequency code day. You gotta be. You gotta be prepared for I it. I mean, so. it was minus six, and it was windy, <coughs> and it was not a lot of sun. So it was. It was. It was bad. It was cold. Yeah, I always get. Um, so two weeks ago, I went, and it was like five degrees when we were skiing, and I started the uh, the beautiful start of a nice sinus infection because this is what happens when I don't cover my face. I like. I don't like anything on my face. Mm-hmm. So when I go out like that, it's just kind of, you know, I just breathe in that very, very cold air and just kills my whole, you know, shuts everything down. So Not good. I don't know. Now I'm nursing it and uh, going on another ski trip. It'll be all right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight through it. Speaking of that ski trip, where are you going? Ski trip's going to Vail. There you go. So first time in Vail. Um, it's going to be nice. I'm going with the, with the ski club. So we're talking uh, Hoboken Ski Club. Whoop, whoop. Um, we usually have a great time. We're going to about 50 people, so we're going to have a, a fun-ass time. Um, there's dispensaries. There's a lot of stuff that's, like, in play here, so, uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I was looking at the, uh, the map of everything. Uh, Back Bowl looks pretty good. So, I've, I've got That's some... what Vale's known for, right? The Back Bowl? Yeah. Unfortunately, we were there, so I'm thinking the first, like, two days are going to be good. Uh, but it's going to really get to, while it's going to be high of like 20 degrees up at Killington, it's going to be high of like 46 when I'm out in Vail. Ah, so just it's, like Snowbird. It's going to be pretty, yeah. So I timed it just, just right. Just bring the heat. <laughs> bring in the heat. So I'm muy caliente. So I, I bring... You're spitting hot fire. Sp- <laughs> that's right. So uh, it's going to be like spring skin. So I'm kind of bummed about it but i'm kind of excited to see like they're gonna have enough snow base so i'm just gonna just scan everything i'm bringing my dps's out so i'm gonna break them out i'm traveling with the you see the packed bag already here oh there you go nice i actually uh packed the bag and i was like you know what between that and the boot bag 
less than 50 pounds, and I think I almost have all my clothes in there. It's great. Nice. So that might be the way to go, especially since now we have uh, decent skis. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm done renting. I've said it before. I'm done. I don't mind renting in certain conditions, but you have your skis you like, you know, Mm -hmm. you kind of want to bring them, so. I don't know. I think the conditions are going to be good for the DPS. If they're not good for one or two days, then I'll rent something else. You can always grab something else, right? Yeah, I think I'll be good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the bonus is if they lose them or they break them, you know, I'm going to get new skis. So, <laughs> Right? <laughs> you win either way. Winner. Winner. Yeah. Winning. So, yeah, that's pretty good. I'm looking forward to... Um, bunch of my friends are already looking into uh restaurants we're gonna go to and clubs we're gonna go and bars and back bowls and side co- we're not gonna do any back country it's not gonna be that conducive ideal yeah yeah so it's gonna be i'm not even gonna bring my avalanche gear it's just gonna be like a fun trip so we'll see all right it's end of the season so i've had a pretty decent season so why not so next, I guess next podcast, then you'll be able to report on some of your highlights, where to go. Yes, and I thought you had been there before. I have not been there. No. Wow. No, I have not. So we're gonna we're gonna break in there. I've never been there, so it'll be the first for me. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, and I guess next, like I said, next time we'll have a little bit more of a write up, and we'll give you guys some highlights on where to go, what to do. Instagram's gonna happen too. Yeah. So. I might have to screen the Instagram before I post because there's going to be a lot of pictures probably of stuff I don't necessarily want to share. But, mm. you know, if something slips out, it slips out. Just saying. Well, if you don't want to share it, why would you go on Instagram and share it? <clears throat> because I'm drunk. That's what I'm saying. Mm. And not thinking. And then you're like, oh, I can't take it back from Instagram. You know, I can try, but once it's out there, it's out there. You can always try keeping it together. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. So That's the key. That's my plan. But... You watch out for the Instagram feed because there might be some stuff that slips out there that shouldn't be out there. But if you catch it, you catch it. If not, it might get retracted really quick. So mm. if you're quick on the take, you know, you can be like, holy crap, look at that. Mm. So just saying, look out for the Instagram, Ski Bum Podcast. Instagram.com slash Ski Bum Podcast. Exactly. Keep your eyes peeled. Could be good. All right, you can check us out at SkiBumPodcast.com. We'll have all the links to all these stories and more. Hit us up, skibumpodcast at gmail.com, and look for us on social media, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, possibly salacious material on instagram.com slash skibumpodcast next week. It's a Grammy Gram. And possibly on Pinterest and SoundCloud. SoundCloud? SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yeah. <laughs> C-L-O-U-D. But next, you know what we got? We got a new enhanced really crunked up oh yeah it's time for under the rope crime wow that is intense we're going under the yeah it's intense intense but good Woo, gets you fired up for woo. the last segment gotta get woo god damn a little terry tate stings the nostrils <laughs> that's right Oof. All right, so what are we leading out with, Brian? So we have a follow-up from the last podcast when we talked about SpaceX. Uh, Last time we talked about them, um, SpaceX is going to be offering two, I guess, I don't know if you call them celebrities or rich folk who are going to be orbiting the moon. Well, spoiler alert, that's Brian and Mario, just saying. Why did you tell them that? That was our little secret. But 
We paid like $85 million each. We, we might as well spoil it. We got to get our well, money's <laughs> worth. Here's uh, here's 190 in case we want seconds. <laughs> we'll buy two seats each. Yeah, for a dog, you know, laptop. Oh, dude, that'd be great. I want to take a chimp up. Space dog. No, you don't. Chimps are assholes. I don't That's know why you want to have one on the, in on space. A, why would you want a chip in space? Well, because I want That's to, the most insane thing ever. I want to eject one off of the, the planet into space because they're such assholes. They are, they are definitely <laughs> assholes. But they're right. cute assholes. Nah, they're still assholes. <laughs> assholes, Trump, cuteness, all time, all the time. All right. So SpaceX, they're doing their thing. They're going to have two people in outer space. Uh, Virgin Galactic just announced... They're breaking up Virgin Galactic into three separate companies. Boom. Virgin Galactic is going to still be its own company, and that's going to be the company that sends humans, including the founder, Richard Branson, into space. Has he gone into space yet? I wonder. Huh. He hasn't said he has, but we cannot confirm that he has not. If I'm he looking catch up my right drift. Now. All right, the second company is called the Spaceship Company, which is going to be the manufacturer of vehicles of the future. Based in Mojave, California. Um, again, it's going to build the, the vehicles, the spaceships for these new companies. And the final one is going to be Virgin Orbit. Hmm. And it's going to be a satellite launching company. So they're going to have... Three different companies that are going to facilitate three different needs. Sending humans in space, building the vehicles, and sending satellites into space. Nice. So the space race, which used to be Russia versus the U.S. back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, is now becoming completely privatized with different companies. So that is an adorable infographic. So <laughs> CNN Money has like a, a, a story of... Branson versus Musk, and they have like it looks like Cold War like propaganda. Like it's pretty funny. It does, yeah. Like the uh, the images of them, it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty funny. <clears throat> I would not bet against either one of those men. They're both unbelievable entrepreneurs, and I think we're both better off uh, with these guys fighting it out. Wow, Elon Musk is worth that much more than Branson. Yeah, Elon Musk net worth seven point seven billion. Branson, just a measly 4.8. Wow. Chump change. Bigly. Chump change. Yeah. So Elon Musk, what they're crediting him with is first billion made on PayPal and first billion for Branson, Virgin Records. Yeah. Wild, man. Whoever knew? Uh, Most people who know anything about either one of those guys, actually. All right. Movie cameo. All right. Elon Musk made a cameo in Iron Man 2. Yep. Um, Richard Branson. Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Superman Returns. Wow. Wild, right? Was Dude, that... Which one was that? I got to look more into this. Um, what number was that from Superman? Ooh, last one was Superman versus Batman. That was the new, like, Ben Affleck nonsense, though. It sucked. I, I don't... Ben I can't, Affleck, he ruins everything. You know what? I saw the... Um, what's the one? Um, the Accountant? It was actually pretty good. Was it good? Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Um, I gotta say, I'm not gonna spoil it, but he's like a, an autistic guy that like is fully functioning and like high functioning. Yeah, and he's it's pretty badass. I was like, I liked him in the town. That he, was good. Town was pretty. That's good. a good movie. Yeah, it was a pretty wild movie. I like that movie. The, even the statistics of like the whole town, like 
Number Charlestown, of, how they all the number of bank robbers. Holy crap! Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that was a real statistic. Is that real though? I don't know. I don't think it is. I think I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's not real. It's probably not real. Yeah, toonies. But I saw it on TV, which is just as uh, good as seeing it on the internet, which means it's real. See any on, on TV? <laughs> just any movies on TV just all suck. It's fake news. I had The Hangover. <laughs> I watched The Hangover on like Spike. That's real. It sucked. That's real. Yeah. Oh, you watched it on Spike. You shitting? Yeah, it was terrible. It's like watching Scarface nope. on like USA TNT. Net. Yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. And the, and the stupid thing is, I had the Blu-ray sitting right underneath my TV, <laughs> and I could have put it in. It's so much better to movie. watch it when it's live on TV, right? It's something about it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it, a jungle cat in the bathroom. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like if you're watching it at home and you put the DVD in. There's something less about like you knowing that. There's like a whole country potentially watching it with you. Yeah. Like it just, it feels more, I don't know. United. More jacked up. More united. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. But then we watch it on TV. Dude, Scarface was like, there's two words in the whole movie. Oh, it's painful. And they didn't even beep it out because there's so many curse words. They just like, they they just blanked it out. So mm-hmm. it's like, yep. And it, it, I'm like, there's no words in this whole thing because every other word is like, fucker man. <laughs> fuck me and that's it it's a majority of the dialogue yeah it does beautiful dialogue it was just like what are we gonna add in here just make him say fuck man that's yeah. it and what are you doing you're removing a word that exists it's just a sound made by someone's mouth it doesn't make it good or bad you know it's the intention it's not the word itself and it's just silly if you want to get desensitized to cursing scarface yeah just watch scarface that's it's it. just you realize it's just another word the f word is just another f word that's it it's a word, and you know what? If you choose to use it, that's fantastic. And I think people should judge you based on how you speak. So if you choose to use it, that's great, but you will be judged accordingly. Exactly. And there are times you want to use it just to get a boom, Fuck get your yeah. attention. Yeah. You get your attention, like, right? whoa, what did they say just now? Yeah. yeah. Your Honor, go fuck yourself. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Maximum I the, attention. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> See? It works sometimes. But you know what? You shouldn't use it too often. That's right. You gotta. It's limited. We know another. It loses person. a lot of its power if you use it too often. We know another person that was like, "There's f in this and there's f in that." <laughs> yes, not a fun person to be around. No, was a diff- different category. That motherfucker. <laughs> that motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so drinking Smirnoff ice. No said. Allegedly. Smirnoff. Smirnoff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Woo. Next. <laughs> All right. So now Banksy, if nobody knows Banksy or nobody knows our Instagram account, we were visiting a Banksy site in Utah. We did, yeah. Uh, very nice. So Banksy's a famous artist from the UK, does a lot of like... Street graffiti art, yeah. Yeah, street graffiti, like make you think, kind of like, kind of rebel art, whatever. Uh, really cool stuff he does. A lot of social commentary. Yes, and he he built a new hotel in Bethlehem in a not-so-great... Uh, it's the Palestinian city of Bethlehem. It's in a not-so-great area, um, territory in the West Bank. So we had a whole conversation before we started recording about <laughs> where is Bethlehem and where is Jerusalem, where Holy. is Palestine, where is Israel? Because, again... It gets you more s- confused. You know what? I love... That I'm a dumb American who can spend <laughs> his weeks and weekends skiing and not thinking about this. Because the more you look at it and the more you try to unravel and dissect it, yeah. you're like, this makes no fucking sense. 
Elon Musk is right. We are in a simulation. This is just far too insane oh, to crazy. be real life. So Palestine owns the territory in the West Bank. They own the city of, you know, they, they cover the territory of Bethlehem. Now, there's a lot of significance, Bethlehem and um, uh, what we call it? Pennsylvania? Yeah, the, exactly. Um, Where Sands is? Oh, isn't that weird? Sands are, the Middle East is full of sand. And in Bethlehem, there is the Sands cool. Casino and Ip- Hotel. Ipso facto, it's the same thing. This is getting even weirder. That's a Palestinian territory. In Pennsylvania. I, I think so. So there's Jerusalem, which is... Uh, Easton's got a big Lebanese population, so that makes perfect sense. I can get a goddamn good falafel right on the street corner. Can you ever? But it's in the middle, so I don't I don't know where what that is. That's... I don't know. Ipso falafel? Ipso falafel. But anyway, so Jerusalem is Israel. Bethlehem is Palestine. They're fighting over a lot of stuff, but I don't think it's there. But anyway, there's so much like religious significance for like... Muslims, um, Jews, and Christians Mormons? all in that area. Mormons, no. Uh, that's uh, out Utah. West. Utah. <coughs> Joseph Smith. That's right. The or, other golden pa- golden tablets. Or the Book of Mormon. Book as, of Mormon. That's right. So, what about Scientologists? Do they have anything going on there? You know, they should have something. They should be like, well, I think the I think the uh, the Martians from from outer space are going to come land there. So they should make like a whole There's like phaetons that landed in Jerusalem. I think they should make something up just to mm. be there because everybody else is there. Like, why not? We should have like a whole big party. What about Buddhists? Like, Do Buddhists have any skin in this game? Maybe somebody passed through there. I think they, they should have, Dalai Lama should set up shop right there. Downtown. Uh, downtown. B- big hitter, the Lama. I want to see the Dalai Lama. I don't know. He's a chill dude, man. Yeah. I saw him on, uh, he was on, um, who interviewed him recently? He was like his, he's like such a like light-hearted, like happy guy. Wow. He is I know he's somebody awesome. that, I know somebody that met him. They Oh, came, John Oliver interviewed him recently. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He came to New York and they paid a ton of money to go and spend like 2 3 minutes with him. Was that my sister? Him. No, it was not your sister. <laughs> uh, somebody I dated which Oh boy. She's cool. A little out there, but she's cool. Mm-hmm. And it actually sounded pretty cool and she said uh Paid a ton of money, met with the Dalai Lama, asked her a few questions. She answered him, and she asked him a few questions, and that was it. Your time's up. Get the hell out of here. But she said just by being in his presence, she was all, like, in awe. And I'm like, but if you didn't really, like, did you have a beer with him? Did you kind of tell dirty jokes or something? Like, Was know, it the real happened? Dalai Lama was, like, it an imposter? Could have been the stand-in. Sa- Salvador Dalai Lama. Salva- Salvador Dalai Lama. I like it. I like it. He paints pretty well, too. Like the surrealist Dalai Lama. Oh, that I could like be a Banksy. That. that could be a living Banksy. Yes. Boom. The Salvador Dalai Lama. Salvador Dalai Lama. By Banksy. I like it. See? <laughs> All right. So back to the hotel. So back to the hotel. So this is a lush, posh, beautiful hotel. And now if anybody doesn't know Banksy, so he's so famous and such a baller-ass artist, like his stuff goes for a ton of money. So, for example, like douchebags like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie like own pieces of his, and like, yeah. there was there's a great documentary on HBO uh, about so, Banksy's tour in New York City. In that documentary, he set up in 
uh, Midtown or like near Central Park, and he was doing oh, that was so little great. art sketches, and he was selling them for like what is it, like ten twenty bucks. Yeah, all those like if you ever been to New York City, right along um, kind of like Museum Row there, alongside That's the park, right. yeah. they have all these artists. Everybody's selling painting and selling pictures stuff. and paintings. Yeah. A lot of them are really nice, but you know it's it's pretty cookie cutter New York City. So you know, Statue of Liberty, stuff. very yeah. cliche. But it's exactly. kind of cool stuff. It's like, very nice. It's cliche. And it's usually like tourists who are buying stuff there. Yeah. And he set up uh, a stand. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was him selling it or just some person. He I think gave. he had somebody else selling his stuff. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some dude it for like twenty or thirty bucks. And didn't like some buying. dude buy like six of them because he was like just bought a new apartment and needed yeah. to needed to put something on the walls. So here's an example. So they were probably like what a three foot by two foot painting, right? Yeah. Going for in auction about three hundred thousand dollars now. Yeah. So somebody bought it for like twenty bucks, and it's worth three hundred grand. Yeah. That's how well so known cool. and how how ball of an artist is. So anyway, so he has a uh, beautiful place that the the crazy thing about Banksy is he does stuff like under the covers where he has people on his payroll. He does a lot of like distraction where they don't know who's who bought the place. They didn't know who's building the place so he works through like third parties a lot so he keeps everything on the on the on the down low until he comes out and says oh yeah this is my hotel and everything Mm -hmm. so the whole hotel has all of his art throughout um and it's luxury it's really cool it's in one of the shittiest places but what's the name of the hotel uh it's called the walled off hotel (laughs) so it's a play on words for the waldorf um i actually also heard that there are um Bands, Red Hot Chili Peppers were one. There was another famous one I heard on the radio that is actually they donated some of their music so that they could play that their music throughout the whole hotel. So it's pretty wild. They're gonna play like all these like all these people are like he's he has so much pull with like famous people that they're like you know helping donate stuff and it's actually while it's a great hotel and everything, it's actually setting a really incredible like message to people. You know like. Here you're on this beautiful, luxurious hotel, and you look over, and there's a wall, you know, and then you're looking over at the walled-off part of, you know, the the West Bank. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy, like interesting. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It's very, you know, it makes you question a lot of things. Yeah, just the way it's set up. Like they were showing, there's one. It was like a hot tub or a jacuzzi. Yeah, and it showed a one of those water, um, it was like a, a water, water tower, tower. Yeah, mini water tower with bullet holes in it. And they're saying that the Israeli army was instructed to shoot at these water towers so that the is, the Palestinians would have no water, you know, that would and just would drain suffer. out and they would yeah. suffer. So yeah, I mean it's it's oh, crazy a stuff. strong political statement, but it's also you know it, it's a it is a brilliant piece of art. You know, it's a very complex piece of art. But that's kind of what Banksy does. You know, he makes you think about things. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's always something very cool on the surface. But the more you kind of dig into, you know, any of his pieces, it's on the many m- levels. It's yeah. a lot of different levels, and I mean, the hotel is, you know, even more than than a regular painting. And I love too the one quote that they had him, him quote unquote, saying was that walls are hot right now. But I was into them long before Trump made it cool. <laughs> the funniest thing is, so they have a video. So we're watching the video, and it's a, th- it's a pretty long story from, I guess, Channel Four News, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they have 
the Banksy voice, and it's like this. And I am talking. It's almost about... like when they interview someone who was like in the mafia, and they like yes. they show like their uh, silhouette. They voice change it. Yeah, they do the voice yeah. change. But I love on the bottom. It's like not Banksy's voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh really? He doesn't sound like a computer from the eighties. It's pretty funny. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so it's cool. I mean, definitely check it out. But it's it's interesting to see because it makes you, you know what? If it's at the very minimum, it made us look at the demographic of what's there. How did it happen? We're Wikipedia in it. We're trying to find out, like, between the history of what how everything came about with Palestine and Israel and the whole territory there. It makes you think like it we got more confused but we got more knowledgeable about it mm-hmm. and just that little bit I'm going to go actually learn more about it because it, it's just it's crazy like you you think about like why why is why do you hate each other there? so much like yeah. what is like what is the difference between you people you all look the same to us right you know what is the big problem it's going to come down probably to something stupid and you're going to be like really that's all it is but mm-hmm. I don't know there's politicians trying to solve it and it's been fighting for a long time and they should just know. keep just burning just big piles of weed and just blowing the smoke <laughs> across everybody. But that's why the Banksy uh, Hotel is good. I mean, it makes – once you get celebrities there, once you get people going there, especially to the part that's not so great, it's good. It's, or you it's could say fucking to... go to Lake Tahoe and go ski in like 50 feet of powder. And some people and are going to deal with that nonsense exactly. over there. If you want to keep fighting over stupid little problems, you exactly. keep doing it. But Brad and Angelina are going to go there, and they're going to be like, oh, my God, we got to do They're something gonna about They're going to adopt this. 37 people. That's what I'm saying. Kids. Adults, whatever. Buck, buck, son. So on the uh, next award show that Mm -hmm. is the awards of the award people giving the awards, they're going to say something about this hotel. The Banksy's. The Banksy's. Oh, the Banksy's. That's a big mock award show. The the Banksy. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be funny. Yes. I can see him doing that. The Academy Awards of Academy Awards. Yeah. So anyway, look, look for that thing. It's pretty cool. All right, now something very positive that I saw. Now, this was a really cool article on futurism.com, and it's the future. The activation of everything will optimize <coughs> your entire world. So, this article gets into the activation of everything, but what it starts off describing is about, talks about solar panels as an example, and how solar panels have gone through a rapid evolution in the last 10 years. And they say that in the past 40 years, the uh, producing one watt of solar energy has gone down somewhere between 1% and 0.5% of what it was 40 years ago. Wow. Which is absolutely crazy. So the, uh, San Francisco, as an example, they, were, um, they have a new law they're trying to pass. Um, and one of the ordinances they passed recently is that um, I'm sorry, not, not in San Francisco, in uh, Lancaster and Sebastopol, which are Northern California cities, they passed laws requiring any new houses to include solar panels on the roof. And they're hmm. saying that San Francisco will be the first large city to require solar panels on every new building. So what that is is a solar panel is an activation of the sun to create energy. Hmm. Nice. And um, so this... What they're saying uh, in this article is that besides solar panels, uh, one supervisor in San Francisco, Scott Weiner, is trying to go forward, take it to the next <coughs> level, talking about living roofs, 
which are roofs that are ca- uh, covered with soil and vegetation. <clears throat> nice. They were saying in a study that living roofs reduce cooling loads by 50 to 90% and reuse stormwater waste and runoff to the sewage. Uh, they retain most of the rainwater, which goes back into the atmosphere through evaporation, enhances biodiversity, sequesters carbon, and even captures pollution. Nice. So imagine a roof. Um, With grass. Some will have solar panels. Some will have actual grass and leaves and trees. Or both. Built into it. Yeah, yeah, you could even have both. Which is because you're really in an urban environment. You're not really, you don't have vegetables, you don't have gardens, you really can't grow as much because we've just defaulted roof to be unused, wasted space. Yeah. This this article talks about how you can take that and really just maximize it. And that's what this activation of everything, the whole concept really is about. So we know, we know somebody that manages a big building in New York City. I'm not going to say anything, mm-hmm. names or what building. Uh, very famous building, LEED certified, and they actually grow vegetables on the roof. That's so cool. And it's pretty wild because they actually use them in the cafeteria. They actually grow them and they use them for like herbs and stuff like that, not like big bulk items. But it's now you have vegetation growing on the roof, and it's like, so this is stuff that you made out of like wasted space that usually is just a roof where nobody does anything with. Now you actually have a place you can... Yeah. Get something out of it. It's beautiful. It's so cool. And there, there are some pictures of actual New York City buildings that have this whole, you know, it's all entirely green. They're growing stuff. You've seen it, right? Stuff. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. You see, like, trees on, like, a 50-story, 50, 50 you know, the 50th floor rooftop, and you're just like, wow, they got, like, a whole garden up there. It's pretty neat. Yeah, and it's it seems pretty obvious now when you read an article like this and think about it. You know, I, I'm obsessed. Like, I love seeing videos and TV shows and movies of New York in the 1970s. I mean, you look at it now and you look at it, you compare it, the current New York City to New York City back then, they were living like cave people. Yeah, it was all asphalt. Just asphalt and, and industrial and just cement. gray. Well, and that was the comment. It used to be the, the asphalt jungle, the cement jungle, mm-hmm. like people used to call New York City. And now it's like everybody's like, well, if if you know anybody in New York City, you've been in New York City for a while, you kind of know it's really great to get out of New York City and get to the country. Nature. Like everybody loves mm-hmm. getting to nature. So the fact that you have places now where you can – that's why rooftops are so popular. People want to go to a rooftop to get – Be outside. Be outside. Yeah. They, they want to see like you know the stars and the, and the sky and be in nature. And now you know if you have a rooftop where you actually have grass – that's like it's a prime piece of real estate now. People are like, mm, you got a rooftop. Yeah, it's pretty cool. One article we talked about probably at least a year ago. Certain companies are looking into you know like big box retailers like Walmart and big supermarkets taking their giant roofs because you know these are tens of thousands you know tens of thousands of square feet yeah. buildings with these massive roofs and converting them into gardens into you know yeah. greenhouses to grow vegetables and fruit that you can sell in the store below i mean how much how much fresher could it possibly be well especially the the roof big box, into the stores the big box stores have so much space and it's usually a flat roof it's like why wouldn't you just put some even if you get some kind of yield it'll pay for the roof itself you know what i mean like it seems get down like to the math it, people 
from 10, 20, 30 years ago, they seem so stupid now when you look at something like this. Yeah. Like it was all just wasted, completely wasted no, space and time. And just leave it there. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect, right? They'll just attract a lot of heat and heat the entire building up some more. So the sun hits there all day. You mm-hmm. don't have solar panels. You don't have anything growing. But the sun gets there all day. And you just warms the building all up. And just, just leave it like just that. Just heat it up, yeah. Yeah, it's Why kind not? of... It's kind of ridiculous if you think about it's it. It's half-ass. Yeah. It's bullshit. It sucks. <clears throat> so the, to kind of sum this up, this activation of everything principle means activate everything, whether by allowing surfaces and items to harvest power or resources or to have sensing and communication capabilities. In a way, activation can also mean convergence, taking two functions or services that were performed separately in the past and allow them to be performed together. In that way, a roof is no longer just a means to provide shade and protection from the weather, but can also harvest energy and improve the environment. How cool is that? That is awesome. And I was even kind of going off the rails and thinking about you know other possibilities. If you're talking, and now this activation, everything, I mean, it applies to all kinds of different things, not just buildings and roofs. I mean, you can talk about nature. Uh, so I was thinking... What about having a black Angus cow and somehow growing potatoes and asparagus on the cow? Like the tail could be like a little asparagus mm. plant. Um, off the ears, you have potatoes growing. So you have an entire meal. Why not weed? <laughs> eyelashes. Have weed in its eyelashes. Boom. So you're maximizing the output of this cow. Yeah, th- that could be a little cruel to the cow. I'm just saying they actually have a picture, a photo here of like a solar panel area, mm-hmm. and they have these sheep just hanging out. I'm like, that's perfect. So you're you have getting solar. shade from the solar panels, exactly. And or they're just grazing, they eating. and yeah. they're just grazing because nobody's. What are you going to do? You're going to have some, you're going to pay somebody now to take a lawnmower that runs on gas that's going to cut the lawn. You have a cow or a sheep out there; they're eating the grass. You yeah. don't have to cut it. You just they just eat it. You know, that's what they, that's their food. So why wouldn't, it's a perfect compliment, you know? Yeah. It's like, if you've ever seen, so I was watching a show, um, it's called Chef's Table and they have, they it's were a great show. Netflix. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were talking about, uh, what is it? The blue, what's the blue, the blue farm inn or whatever it is in, uh, Westchester. It's up near Terrytown, right? Blue Hill, Blue Hill. Blue Hill. And they have the restaurant down by Washington Square Park. Right, and they were New York City. Yeah, and they were they were talking to them about like how they farm. They do the eco farming or whatever. So they actually have like it's kind of like they they separate their land into like a quarter, and they're like what you do is you have um, cows graze in one area, you have another quarter where the grass is just growing, um, and then the quarter behind the cows, you have chickens just running around. So what happens is it's just natural progression. So when the cows eat up all the grass, then you rotate everything. And what happens is the cows eat the grass. What they leave behind, the chickens go in, and they actually will peck and sow and crap on everything and fertilize, like, mm-hmm. the grass. And then the other grass is growing. So then you just keep moving it around. And you got this, like, infinite progression of, like, it's all, as long as you have the right number of chickens and number of, cows it all actually works together that you can keep doing this perpetually forever it's crazy yeah it it you know because you know i've always heard about like rotating your crops but this is taking it to the next level yeah where you actually have the the animals as well as the crops we're kind of rotating the animals you know yeah 
but it's a whole ecosystem. So that uh, chef's table. Um, that's the first episode of the first season, I think. Fir- oh. No, maybe it's the second or third. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, the first season though. Yeah, definitely there's now first three season. seasons, I think. Right. Yeah, I didn't see the the one the they actually have a chef's table in France now. Oh really? Yeah. Did you see the separate... dude who lives in um, in Sweden, like really far up north? Yes, that that was... one was awesome. Oh, the dude in Patagonia, that. Guy oh, was that guy was just baller as fuck. Well, you see, is like you like a two year old. Yeah. And he's talking about like the about like ass with the little kid. He's like, oh, it should be nice, like an ass or something, like something like Kulo. And you're like, whoa, what's he telling this little kid about? And and the mother was what, probably 25. Yeah. And he's like 60 something. But the dude goes out, like goes out for like two days hunts and like brings shit back. Cook stuff like they used to cook, like the the gauchos used to cook it back in hundreds of years ago. Incredible. Buried stuff in the ground and like it's slow cook underneath there. He does a whole pit and everything. Good stuff. That dude was living living life the way it was intended. But that show really talks about there's a lot that focuses on the whole idea of like using the land and and giving back to the land. So like this whole idea of activating, it's, it's talking about the same thing. Like what you talk about activating, but you also talk about not wasting stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah, when you talk about you have this big field of grass on this, you know, you see some of these corporate offices and they have these big sprawling fields of just grass and it's like what a waste of land for what yeah what a waste of land you can't even go there and play baseball because you, you know what because insurance you can't go and play baseball so you can't play baseball you're not you're not doing anything with land you got to pay for a polluting lawnmower to yeah. go and drive over this and then you fertilize it the mm-hmm. fertilizer runs off into everything which fucks up the whole ecosystem too yeah and it's just it's one bad thing after another yep but this is a great concept. So <coughs> if you want to check it out, we're going to have a link on the website. And it's uh, futurism.com. It talks about the activation of everything to optimize the entire world. It's a beautiful concept. Cool. So I'm going to the next, right into the next story. Boom. What else so is this is, this is kind of a couple stories blended together. And it's the future. It's star- so this is a, uh, a PR piece from this casinos i guess it's not even a casino it's a las vegas nightclub gentleman's club so i'm in my kitchen and i'm able to win some money (laughs) yeah this is not that dipshit right the legends room which is a uh a nightclub in las vegas sounds like a little lap the first strip club in the country and possibly the world to accept bitcoin in addition to traditional payments for all club services so this company... You could this, run through Bitcoin like fucking crazy. Now you can get a lot more for your Bitcoin than you could about a year ago. Damn. So they, were, they had a couple of press releases over the last weeks. Uh, they were talking about anticipation for the Winklevoss ETF, which was going to be ruled on by March 11th uh, by the SEC. Now it got rejected because this was going to be the first <laughs> ETF that allowed industrial or um, institutional investors to invest in Bitcoin. So it would have huh. been... It would have been huge and would have had a, a couple hundred million dollars going into Bitcoin in the first week. It was rejected by the SEC, and people were concerned that this would tank Bitcoin. It dropped $200 almost instantly, but it has shot back up at the same levels now than it was before the ruling. Now, this company— so Is Facebook doing an ETF now with the Bitcoin? I don't That's going to be approved, and then there's going to be a court case on it? <laughs> The Winklevosses are no longer involved. They get in fucked every time, Facebook. right? <laughs> they, 
Yeah, they're they're these hunky rich dudes who went to Harvard and won the Olympics. Olympic I, rowing. Don't team. ever feel bad for the Winklevoss. Yeah, I don't feel bad for them ever. Olympic rowing. All right, so that's a little bit of a backstory. But this company, Legends Room, they are a strip club, and they are the first ones. They, they wait, actually wait, wait. gentlemen's club. It's a strip club. <laughs> Let's stop with the euphemisms now. It is what it is. So this company, gentlemen, they are. Um, they're creating these these membership tokens that you can buy and own on the Bitcoin blockchain. So you're, you know, the Bitcoin blockchain is a distributed database pretty much online that can, you know, keep track of, of certain information and content. So how's a membership token work though? Well, because when you purchase into this, your ownership is logged in the Bitcoin blockchain and you're able to trade it and sell it off to other people for, you know, for parts or, um, so they're acting as a broker though, or you're buying into this club. Yeah. So and they own they own the cl- the, the they blockchain? own the club, and you're no no the it's the Bitcoin blockchain, right? right. And uh, it just stores your ownership in the Bitcoin blockchain, um, oh. so you're able to trade it, uh, like trading the, the um. That's good for them ownership because they're using Bitcoin to track the membership. Pretty much, yeah. That's wild. So you can actually just like rent it out to people using the blockchain and just be like, oh, this person is going to have it for this week or this person going to have it for this week. And that information is stored in there. Wow. Um, and they can use that to activate it and grant them that access for that particular you know, chunk of time. It's pretty interesting. It's the first one, uh, the first you know, gentleman's club in Las Vegas to dip its toe into this. And you can pay for all your services using Bitcoin. And they also debuted the first adult star branded Bitcoin ATM. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so That's not going to be the last. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they're ahead of the game here. Uh, their website is legendsroomlv.com, and you can purchase your membership tokens there. Well, just for you know research purposes, I think I need to go in there and see what's going on. Yeah, if you want to be a Platinum Lifetime member, uh, you can. It costs about. Was it? How much is this? It's where it's where legends are born, is what they say. Yeah, just saying. So the platinum membership gets you five thousand VIP tokens, which is approximately twenty five hundred dollars in dance credits. Boom! That's one and night. And twenty five hundred dollars in drink credits, and a personalized video from one of the legends room girls. But you can. That's the cool thing about the blockchain. You can rent out your membership too. So if you want to rent it out for a UFC event or a big fight or now with the NHL team moving so we in. rent it out, though. So, like, I buy the credits, mm-hmm. and I'm trading the credits in for renting out. Or I I'm, think you can rent it out for, like, chunks of time. So I'm renting out my membership to yes. use? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So you own that platinum membership, but you can rent it out to other people for periods of time. Huh. Available for rent. So if I buy that, we can have that all year kind of thing? It depends if that's available, yeah. It doesn't, like, expire, right? Well, if you get the platinum one, that's lifetime. There's the silver membership, which is only two years. I look like a lifetime member is what I'm saying. You certainly do. <laughs> What's funny is they have a platinum membership and a silver. No gold. Yeah, the silver, and it, it goes platinum, $2,500 in dance credits, $2,500 drink credits. The silver is, like, 500 and 500 It's, like, that's really lower, a lot lower. But And you cannot rent out your membership with a silver membership, only the platinum membership. But you do get a personalized video from one one of the legend room girls. Yes, I'd love to. I wonder if you can ask her to discuss her thoughts on the Bitcoin and the Bitcoin blockchain, and what her what they what she, her uh, 
What does she estimate the value of a, of a Bitcoin worth in 2020? Hopefully that's what the video is. The personalized video explaining the whole blockchain <clears throat> process to you. I'm sure she would do a wonderful job. At this whole breakdown with little video with little chart talk, mm-hmm. right? That'd be great. Yeah. Huh. So silver is two two years. Platinum, I don't know, lifetime. Yeah, for the rest of your life, you mm-hmm. have a membership. Yeah. Seems like and a good deal. You can deal. rent it out too. That seems like a good so deal. So when you die, can you pass it along to keep that membership open? But wait, how much is the membership though? So it says 5,000 VIP tokens, and one VIP token is worth one U.S. dollar. So $5,000 pretty much. Hmm. Which, Right, and they split it up, 2,500 in dance and 2,500 in drink. Mm-hmm. And then, but membership is available for rent and lifetime. So I don't know, what do they mean by membership? It means you can't get in unless you're a member? Like, I think so, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's like a PSL. Just buy it and just hold sort it of. out. I'll rent it out for the rest of my life. Yeah. Membership benefits. Um, members enjoy 24-hour access through a secret entrance, a reserved bar with a dedicated mixologist, a members-only menu, hidden conversation areas, <laughs> ultra-private rooms, and even privileged access to luxury cars and private jets. Wow. And, of course, special evenings with some of the world's most well-known adult stars, the most beautiful entertainers in the world, and events the world-recognized personalities drawn from mixed martial arts, boxing, films, entertainment, and music. Wow. So it's funny. The calculator they have is in ethers. You see that? I did see that. Yeah, so so ether is another cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency, yeah. It's pretty much the silver to Bitcoin's gold at this point. So saying platinum membership is about five grand. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I I gotta look more into this. Yeah, it's worth it. But it's cool seeing that you know the different industries are starting to explore the the Bitcoin blockchain and seeing what it can do. I guess it's actually the Ether blockchain. Yeah um, since it is being used in uh in Ether, which is at an all time high right now as well. It seems like a strip club timeshare. So I'm wondering if it's worth, you know, just just trying to look into it. But the one nice thing is because you're using a cryptocurrency that's used other places, it's not like going to a strip club and buying their their ghetto strip club bucks, which you can't use anywhere else. And nobody can track it. See, that's nobody the other can track thing. it, yeah. You know, you don't get a credit card bill saying, hey, you spent all this money at, you know, blah, blah, blah place, which a lot of times they cover it up, just from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, now you just have Bitcoin. Just Bitcoin went in and out of your account. That's it. Mm-hmm. Wow. But you can't throw it around. You can't make it rain Bitcoin. That's that's the problem. Cash dollars, you're making it rain. Yeah. It's because <laughs> cash dollars are useless. Bitcoin's actually I'm just saying more can't valuable. Ma- can't make it rain. It's the dumbest thing in the world, but I've seen it. Yeah. I've never done it, which I don't think I want to do it. No, that seems like a bucketless kind of thing, making it rain. Yeah, you know what? I, it's not on my book. <laughs> no. I've seen other people do it, and I'm like, yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess in certain situations. Hey, you know, the world is powered by stupid things. Let's be a, honest. It's a situational bucket list item. Yeah. It's one of those you throw on there, and then you do, you know? Yeah. 
All right, uh, keeping with the same theme, uh, Pornhub is offering free snowplow service. We're going straight to the gutter to end this podcast, <laughs> just like the last couple. We're going, we're going deep. Oh, it's it goes, it, it keeps going. Oh, it goes deep. <laughs> so Pornhub is offering free snowplow service in Boston and New Jersey. So this all happened with the big <laughs> snowstorm that hit us uh, Tuesday. Two days ago, yeah. That was the Stella. All the, the, oh, all the yeah. snow up in um, you know Vermont and Snowstorm New York. Stella, right? Yes, this is Pornhub came to to help all those poor unplowed people. <laughs> so Pornhub came to town and they said we're going to help plow everybody out. So snow plows, they have the company logo on the middle of the scoop, and they also had it on the side of the trucks, <laughs> and they were were out there. Um, and I guess Pornhub paid them to go out and assist in snow-packed areas. So it was kind of nice, kind of public service, getting their 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 branding out there. Um, and it's it's funny. So you know, there's a lot of like funny comments and and you know snippets that they got out of this. So the uh, so one of them is Boston area is expecting several inches of snow, so there's plenty of plowing to be done. <laughs> um, Pornhub team understands this time of year. Most cities have run up their budget in snow removal, and they're, uh, they thought they'd lend a hand in getting their fans plowed. So, you know, there's there's a lot of jokes there, but it's actually a pretty good advertising campaign, if you think about it, where you're sitting there like, the damn city's not coming out to plow me out, but Pornhub's there. Pornhub's there to save the day. So I yeah. think it's pretty interesting. It's funny how they chose Boston and New Jersey and just completely ignored, you know, that is the funny Connecticut, yeah. the rest of Massachusetts, New York. I guess they probably did some some analysis of their their user base the and demographics. Saw, yeah, we can't keep these assholes outside. We got to keep them in and on the computer because they got some serious wanking to do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just saw the Pornhub thing. It's like you know one of those things. Like Woo. that seems like the plot of a movie, doesn't it? like a Pornhub movie. It's, it's like, like, can you help me? I'm stuck. I'm, oh, that's right. Can you come plow me <laughs> out? Awesome. Hey, I'm so sorry. I got here so late. I'm I'm here to plow you now. Oh my god. Or it's god. like Christmas. Like, hey guys, I saw the Pornhub plow. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's set up for a movie. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a pretty brilliant idea, though. You know, talk right. about getting your marketing out there. Good I timing. I ordered pizza, and the Pornhub plot came. Ooh. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's going to be more more to come on that. Whoa, yes. whoa, whoa. Well Just, done, Pornhub. Well, well done. done. Tip my hat to you. Yeah. Tip the Jimmy hat to you. <laughs> and finally, Fleshlight wants you to have sex with this massive contraption. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This was debuted back so at what the... is a fleshlight, Brian? For those that don't know what a fleshlight so is. So imagine have you ever seen the cops that carry those maglite, those big maglite flashlights? Yeah, I've seen cops before with yes. maglites. So it's so imagine a very large kind of girthy flashlight, but where the light part would be Imagine some sort of latex, quasi-human skin with an opening available for a male to use for enjoyment purposes. So you mean like a, a circle or a slit? Like, wh- what are we talking about here? Um, there's different options, actually, <laughs> that you can choose from. Different colors and options, allegedly. So it's like a flesh flashlight. Thus the name. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's 
the shape of it is very textured towards the female genitalia, would you say? Yes, that would be pretty spot on. Indeed. Or male gen- whatever you're into, but it's some genitalia thing. It's well no, it's female genitalia. Yeah, it's... Or perhaps uh male or female buttocks, depending on, you know, what you're going for. Buttocks. Buttocks. <laughs> So this company is Fleshlight, and they've Life's come up like with a, a box new... of Fleshlights. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Yes. <laughs> Fleshlight. So they, they announced this at the Adult Entertainment Expo in Vegas in January, but also had on display at South by Southwest, which is currently going on down in Austin, Texas. The device is called the Fleshlight Launch, which is an automated stroker designed for you to mount a Fleshlight on. The funniest part is it's like we're making everything so much more. So what are you going to do? Just sit there? Like you don't even have to do anything. Exactly. <laughs> like really? Like are we that lazy of a society that we can't even stroke it? Well, it's not that you can't. <laughs> it's that you're empowering the device. So it's the lack of control is what makes it so attractive. Take care of me, flashlight. I mean. <laughs> you laugh. Wait, but there are Alexa, touch- Alexa flashlight. You just bought four of them. <laughs> Ordering four fleshlights the devi- now. The device has touch capacitive controls on the side to let you choose the speed, which can perform to 180 strokes per minute. Holy shit. Here's the even crazier shit. You can also sync the fleshlight launch to your computer or mobile device via Bluetooth <laughs> and select from a catalog of adult content to synchronize the action. Virtual reality fleshlight. They've done it. <laughs> VR flashlight. Imagine how often you call out of work sick with this thing. Oh no, do it at work. Do it at oh, go to the bathroom. Idea. You put it on, and you're sitting there at your at your computer, just like, yeah, I'm having a great meeting right now. Sitting through that conference call. <laughs> and this article was written by a female, and one of her quotes was, "I'm not a dude, but I would be terrified to put my dick in this." <laughs> and the comments out there are like, um. I'm a dude, and I would have no problem putting my dick in this. Well, women have the, um, you know, the the vibrating panties and the other things that they could put in with remote control. Yeah. So they could sit there and just remote control it. And I know people that have used that, women that have used that, and they say it's uh, pretty enjoyable. I'm sure. It's just saying. So you're sitting there in a meeting. You got this big stroker on. And you're just <laughs> hanging out going, what's up, man? What's up? My favorite comment from this article, this is on uh, The Verge, because... <laughs> It says, well, if you look at the contraption that I have sex with now, it's even more massive and expensive. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Which is true. Well, there are some people that have the full-on, like, bottom torso of, like, a human body. That's, like, the real feel thing. It's weird. Well, it's weird when it's just a part. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know? It's just, like, it's it's a disconnected part. Like, who are you? Jeffrey Dahmer? Like, really? hacking up bits and... what the hell is that? This is the only part I need. Like strapping it to a table and just like going to town. It's like, yeah, that's a little creepy. It's like the rest of the woman is really annoying and in a way. Even this the, is all I want. Even the fake woman, like, what did you do? Roofier and you're just plowing away? Like, it's just, it's creepy. It's a little creepy. It worked for certain comics. I cite Bill Cosby. <laughs> and, we're ba- and we're back to Jello Pudding. And it just Cosby. works. You know, people. Wow. I mean, why? I like the fact that this could sync up so, like, people are watching and they're on the computer and just. You can watch a video of your favorite 
gal, you know, doing her thing, and it all just syncs up to it. And uh, next is Xbox game, man. You're sitting there playing Xbox. You're hooked up to that. You're doing a bunch of other stuff, and all get of a sudden, the VR helmet boom. attached then, because then it doesn't look like this weird, you know. You it looks almost like a coffee maker, like a Keurig machine on you. A Keurig. <laughs> like a single-serve Keurig on your junk. I hope it is a single-serve. <laughs> <laughs> Mind if we share? Oh, my God. That looks like a piston. It does, right? Well, it really would look like it's going to rip your dick off. <laughs> it's like a one-cylinder engine. I agree with the woman. That looks like terrifying to put your dick in there. Ah, uh, live a little. What the hell? Yeah. I've seen some of the kind of girls you date. <laughs> and this doesn't look that bad. Boom. Right? <laughs> Looks like a La Machine on your freaking junk. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but you get that thing with the Bluetooth, and you get it hooked up to your VR goggles. Then I think you can... Uh, so do you have different sizes? Because I'm a bigger dude, so like... hey Does it, you know, it's coming large and small and whatever? Just, just saying. Well, I'm hoping they could accommodate you. The launch measures roughly 12 by 6 by 6. Uh, it's going to be close. That's going to be tough, close. right? It'll be tough. Yeah. Be a tight fit. Yeah. But that's how I like it. Charge time, though, estimated at six to nine hours for one hour of use. <laughs> Somebody's ordering that thing and be like, fuck, can I can wait imagine an hour with that thing on you? <laughs> no, no. I can imagine like somebody gets it in the mail and they're just like, fuck, I got to wait six <laughs> hours. God damn, damn it. it. <laughs> just, trying to, <laughs> just trying to bang the box. Like, what this are is they the doing? longest six hours of my life. <laughs> you know that's going to happen. God damn um, it. They got to give you at least like like when you get a cell phone and it comes new, it's got like 40% charge. Fuck that. Uncharged. No, that's cruel. Because <laughs> you know somebody's ordering a Prime, next day delivery, and they're like, fuck, I got to wait six and a half hours. This is bullshit. Like waiting for it to come in. Like, yeah, it's here. I'm sorry. Oh. Is, this, is this America we live in? I got to wait seven hours to fuck this thing. Oh, here's a different picture of it. It looks... Oh my god! Oh, the picture of the inside part is so, dude. You can fuck your coffee machine now. That's true. That's you can. Like. Oh god damn, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Just cut some fruit, <laughs> shove it in your Keurig machine. You're good to go. Oh my god. Yeah. You know somebody's gonna come on charge. <laughs> is there a quick charger? <laughs> like the supercharger. <laughs> They gotta give it to you partially charged at least. That's not even fair. Absolutely not. Must everything you get has is like must plug it in for like eight hours, get a full charge to like before you use it for the first time. It's not charged and it's cold. <laughs> it's like damn it. Oh, it's not heated. You need some sort of heating element uh, in there. It should be heated. If it's if it's electric, it should be heated. I think part of why it requires so much of a charge for that one hour is it's got to be heated. I don't know if it's not heated. I think they. I think that's the version 2.0. You yeah. hold, you got to hold out for the 2.0. It is a large device. <laughs> it's pretty. The funniest thing is they don't show it next to a human person. Uh, if you go to their website, <laughs> there's a link in the article that links it to the that where you can buy it. And it's got a person in like black latex holding right. it. Let's see how big it is. It's where that flashlight launch oh, hyperlink yeah. is. That's gigantic. It's, it's right. It's like the size of a like a Keurig machine. It looks like one of those wine bottle chillers. Hmm. You ever see those in like a sharper image or whatever? Yeah, but that's like is that the whole device? Or that's just the insert of the flashlight part into the whole big device. Well, he has the big device on one side, right? The and le- then his the left hand flashlight yeah. thing on the other side. It's sizable. Yeah. Remember the old like three liter soda bottles back in the day? <laughs> it's like a three liter soda bottle. With an insert 
of a dick-shaped fleshlight. Pretty much. Wow. Which is just pink and circular. It looks like a uh, in baseball, you know, the ring you put on the bat. <laughs> when you want that extra weight when you're in the, uh, so the on-deck circle. It's a bat weight. It's like a bat weight. That's awesome. Yeah. So All if right. anyone has any experience with the uh, fleshlight launch, please don't send pictures, but let us know... Uh, Review it for us. Let us know if it worked for you or not. Just let us know. We don't want yeah. to see pictures, please. Yeah. podcast at gmail.com if you want to send us your experiences. All right. Yeah. I think that wraps it up, Brian. That really wraps it up. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening. I hope you uh, made it to the end of that. It was a little bit rough there. <laughs> but we do appreciate it. If you can, please go to your favorite podcast app and rate us. Five stars would be awesome. Thank you very much. Check us out at SkiBumPodcast.com, all of our social media, Twitter.com slash SkiBumPodcast, Facebook.com slash SkiBumPodcast, Instagram.com slash SkiBumPodcast. Find us on Pinterest and SoundCloud. And please be sure to follow social media this week because Mario is going to post all kinds of hijinks and shenanigans that go down in jail. And we'll talk to you guys again very soon. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.